Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Amy Jovita Murray. She is a fertility coach, educator, holistic reproductive health practitioner, wife, bilingual, English and German, awesome, mama of two little girls, ages five and two, a recovering coffeeholic and dark chocolate lover. In her practice, Amy helps women to get pregnant naturally by teaching them to chart their menstrual cycle and using the menstrual cycle chart as a tool to identify any challenges or underlying issues. Through this process, Amy helps to empower her clients to make informed decisions about their reproductive health and fertility. Since graduating from, is it Justice? Justice. Justice College International in 2020. <laughs> Amy has worked with dozens of clients worldwide, helping them not only to get that positive pregnancy test, but having the healthiest pregnancy possible without fertility treatments. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Lara. So I always like to start by having my guests tell their story, how they came to be interested in what they're doing and passionate and really um, paving the way in their respective fields. So how did that happen for you? Oh, goodness. Okay, so I'll try to keep this brief. <laughs> um, the like it really started. So I started my period at age um, 12 and I was put on the pill at age 13 to fix and doing air quotes <laughs> for all the listeners. Um, I'm, I got put on the pill to fix my acne. And so I was on the pill for almost 10 years. I think it was like nine years. And I was often on the pill um, for like almost the entirety of that time um, with like a few breaks, like here and there for a few months. Um, and so while I was initially put on the pill to fix my acne, by the time I was in my early 20s, um, I started having problems again with cystic acne despite the, the pill. And I just had this like this feeling there were like a few things combined. So one was the... I'm noticing acne when I'm taking the active pills and the acne goes away during the week um, pill break. And the second thing was I knew I wanted to have children way down the road. Like at that point when I was like having this, this hunch, it was like 10 years down the road, I want to have children. And I just had this feeling I want to let my body cycle naturally for a while before um, having children. And, and like I said, it wasn't any immediate thing. Like at that point, my timeline was like 10 years. So mm -hmm. I came off and then had to find an alternative for birth control, right? So um, I searched the internet. I literally Googled a natural birth control and I stumbled upon um, a blog post about fertility awareness. And it said, you know, yes, you can avoid pregnancy naturally without the pill. Um, you pay attention to your cervical mucus. Um, it looks like creamy white hand lotion or raw stretchy egg whites. And um, 
then you take your temperature and then you know when you're when you can get pregnant and when you can't i'm like mind blown i can avoid pregnancy without taking this pill like i thought i was doomed because like condoms were just like not like they're not a thing and mm -hmm. so i just thought okay we just like it, we won't have you know it just won't happen anymore um and so that's how i got like into fertility awareness and while i'm still like super passionate about um educating women on like how does hormonal birth control even work and then you know how what are some alternatives to hormonal birth control um what i have been focusing on in the last um couple years is really helping women get pregnant because that was also like one of um my struggles the first happened right away so naturally i assumed the second one would happen right away too even though I was like, I was charting my cycles, I was looking at my charts and they looked like crap, but I was like ingrained with, you can get pregnant any day of your cycle. Like pregnancy will just happen. Like, you know, it just, cause it happens like all the time. Um, and only having known and worked with a few women who had issues um, trying to conceive was like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Like once we start trying, we will get pregnant, of course, even though my cycles were crap. So that's when I had our, um, like my secondary infertility um, struggle. And that's kind of in, in conjunction with like working with women, trying to help them mm -hmm. um, who were trying to get pregnant and helping them achieve that. That's kind of um, shifted my um, my focus to, to where I'm at right now. So, yeah. So you mentioned part of your story. You just said my cycles look like crap. So what does that actually mean? Maybe to help other women out there understand when their, you know, cycle is um, maybe in alignment and in sync and in balance versus not. Yes. Okay. So thank you for pointing that out. Um, basically, so with, with charting your menstrual cycle, um, like there are different levels to paying attention to your cycle. So if you write down the first day of your period, every cycle, like on your calendar, on a piece of, like on your a paper planner, on like your Google calendar, whatever, like that is some form of awareness. And that is like some form of tracking, like you're tracking your period. Um, but the level of um, cycle charting that I teach goes way deeper. We look at um, how many days of cervical mucus do you have cervical mucus can look like i alluded to earlier like a creamy white hand lotion like kind of a sticky toothpaste type stuff and i'm making like little stretching motions with my fingers obviously <laughs> um and like the um the like the liquid gold of your cycle when you're trying to conceive is the egg white um cervical mucus that's um it's very lubricative slippery stretchy um and it kind of looks like raw egg whites because it like has that stretchy quality to it um, and then we look at, so what type of cervical mucus do you see? How often do you see it? Um, do you have any dry days? What we call dry days is like where you don't see any cervical mucus in your cycle um, because there should be a natural progression from your period to dry days where you don't see mucus to days where, when you do see mucus. Um, and then you, the clear stretchy egg white mucus typically leads to ovulation then after ovulation, your cervical mucus should dry up. And then does that match up with what, you're, what we're seeing as far as your temperature? So your temperatures from the first day of your period, which is cycle day one, up until ovulation will be in a range of lower temperatures. And I'm talking like around the 97.4 to 97.9 or so range. And then after ovulation, um, your temperature rises and um, it'll be in a, in a higher range. So it'll be higher than your, your pre-ovulatory temperatures. And so um, 
like that should all like line up. So like your your peak day, the day that you see the peak quality cervical mucus, the clear stretchy should line up with when your temperature goes up um, for the re remainder of your cycle. And um, when I say my cycles look like crap, I'm saying I had gummy, um, very unhealthy looking mucus. So kind of like when I say gummy, it's like the when you get a new bank card in the mail, like you peel it off and like that mm. that rubberiness that sticks on the back of the cart, like mm -hmm. that, like, but like, like a lot of it, it was just like really like not healthy. And mm -hmm. I saw this like all the time. I didn't have any dry days. Um, I am fairly certain that I was ovulating because I have like some secondary symptoms associated with it. I have some um, ovulation pain that, you know, alternates from the size um, and just you know, other secondary symptoms can in include like breast tenderness or mood changes or um, yeah, just like, like this, this, this feeling. So while I do like, um, you know, like the first line is like the cervical mucus and the temperature I do honor, like when a client comes to me, like, I just, I feel like, like I ovulated. I feel like this shift happening in me, like in, as we shift from like our inner summer to the inner fall, like heading into winter. So like, I do acknowledge that too. And that's definitely what happened to me. But then my post ovulatory phase um, was like very, very short. So ideally your um, pre ovulatory phase is somewhere between like um, 10 and 23 days. And then ovulation should happen around that time. Um, and then after ovulation, you should have a minimum of 12 to 14 um, <laughs> post-ovulatory days. Um, and I just wasn't having that. I had like maybe five or maybe eight or like a temperature shift that was almost indistinguishable because it was like so minimal. So that's that's what I'm referring to when I say my cycles look like crap. So looking at them as a trained practitioner, I knew there was no chance I was going to get pregnant. But still with um, like the, what society has ingrained in us, oh, you just get pregnant all the time um, and any time that you want to. And when you don't want to, um, that's that's kind of what my like, yeah, what my mind was telling me. Hmm. That's so interesting. Um, OK, cool. So what is your approach then to helping women sort of, you know, restore their cycles? Yes, I love that. Um, I love that question. So number one really is um, learning how to chart your menstrual cycle. Um, so like the the detailed way that I was describing, like, you know, the, the cervical mucus and the not having cervical mucus. Um, so that is really the first step in identifying like what's going on, because few um, women can struggle with um, not getting pregnant and their cycle charts look completely different. And so um, rather than just like shooting in the dark, oh, you need to take XYZ supplements and eat XYZ foods and do XYZ tests. Um, it's okay, what does your cycle actually look like? And then make, make making changes um, based on that. Um, some things that I have found to um, be very useful over the years is so I, I always start with like diet and lifestyle. Like I, <laughs> I never get tired of harping on mm -hmm. the importance of um, like eating good food. And when I mean eating good food, it's um, basically everything that you've been taught is bad for you. So eating the eggs, eating the saturated fat, <laughs> eating the animal uh, products, eating the animal fats, because those are what build your hormones. Um, if you don't have those saturated fatty acids, you don't have a way to make 
um, those hormones um, because your like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, they are steroid hormones, so they need saturated fats in order to um, be built. Um, and the second thing is um, like on that, it's like the exercise. If you run like six days a week, maybe consider <laughs> dialing that down um, a little bit um, because your body has to have a level of um, like, like a comfort level. It, you can't be like running away from the tiger. Like that's the analogy I always use. Like your body doesn't know if you're running away from the tiger, you know, and you're under stress that way, or you're just like running because you like to run. Um, and then I do always recommend some supplements and that depends on like where the person's at, what they're struggling with. If they're dealing with um, like PMS or like painful periods or um, if, um, yeah, if they're like deficient in certain nutrients. So some, some that I typically most often recommend are vitamin D, um, iodine and magnesium, just because so, so, so many of us are deficient in, in that. But like, you know, what that looks like, what the dosage looks like, what you're comfortable with, with um, that, you know, is always up to the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that about the saturated fat. Um, unfortunately, we went through probably at least a period of 20 years, I would guess, of demonization. And we're finally starting to come out of that. But there's still a lot of that within Western medicine. And so I'm sure you get a lot of women that come to you like completely confused and frustrated. They've probably been told one mm -hmm. thing by their, you know, OB and, um, and when they show up to you, you're, you know, telling them something a little different, but if, you know, if what you do works, then that's, <laughs> I think it speaks volumes, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. And to that, I want to say like, um, like the chart speaks for itself. So if, um, and I've worked with a lot of um, vegetarian and vegan um, clients as well, who um, basically when they came to me, they had already like made that shift in their mind that they were um, starting to incorporate um, meat and they themselves have noticed like how their cycles change. And so um, that's all, like, if, if, if you're as healthy and perfect as you, like you say you are, like your chart would actually also be like near perfect. Um, mm -hmm. so, and like, I, I noticed that like with my own cycles too, like nobody's like, okay, so nobody's perfect. Absolutely. Nobody. Right. We're, um, we're humans living in the Western world. So there's that's that. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love to bake. I have a huge sweet tooth. Like that's my downfall. And so whenever I eat too much and like too many of the sweet stuff, I like, I can tell in my cycle, like I have a shorter post ovulatory phase or I. Um, I, I get like, I never get headaches and then like, I'll get a headache like randomly, <laughs> um, or like, and it, it's, it's like different for, for everybody or like, you know, um, like you're, uh, if you have period cramps, um, like, you know, you, you might find that sweet spot where you get away with X amount cups of coffee or X amount brownie <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah. so st to still be able to enjoy what you enjoy about life, um, but balancing that with um, you know, having a healthy cycle. So I'm sort of a you know, diabetes nerd. Um, and one of the things I'm passionate about is helping uh, people you know, reverse their type 2 diabetes and or prevent if they have prediabetes, prevent it from escalating. So I'm glad you brought that up in terms of what you've noticed for yourself with sugar and your cycle. Let's talk about that that um, relationship between not only our cycle, but just hormone balance in general between, you know, carbs and sugar. Um, can, what can you say about that? 
Yes. Okay. So first of all, I want to do a shout out to Lily Nichols. Um, Lily Nichols is, do you know of her? Mm -mm. Um, she's a registered um, nutritionist and diabetes, certified diabetes um, educator. Mm -hmm. And she, like her whole thing is like real food. Like one of her books is like real food for pregnancy. So um, okay. she shares studies on her Instagram account and like on, um, like in her book on like, um, like blood sugar levels and the impact on fertility it's like so i it's like i didn't i haven't looked at the study so i it's like i can't summarize it that great but essentially the higher your um fasting glucose is and the worse your body metabolizes um glucose the um higher the rates of infertility so the lower your blood sugar is the easier it is for you to get pregnant so that's always like a wow mind blown but then as far as mm -hmm. um like the work that i do where i see it all the time is for instance pcos so polycystic ovarian syndrome which um is like you know should be renamed something uh, to the extent of what are they saying is it me metabolic syndrome i, I can't I, I forget what um it's most likely so it, it should be renamed but anyways um mm -hmm. In PCOS, so women with PCOS um, struggle often to get pregnant because they have long irregular cycles, and um, it it essentially comes down to insulin management. So um, I, I feel like I'm kind of like on that um, spectrum as well. Like if I eat like too much sugar, my cycles will get out of hand. Um, and like I, I notice, like you know, I I don't have a like a meter to to check with, but like I mm -hmm. get like the symptoms of like having high blood sugar when I eat um too much sugar, and so just the in and of itself managing that, and yeah, so for essentially like if you know you have or suspect you might have PCOS, keeping a balanced blood sugar is so essential. Um, you can basically manage your PCOS with diet alone. Um, like not in all cases, and you might have some other issues going along with that. Um, but what you were saying about um, like the, the pre-diabetes and um, diabetes mm -hmm. management, um, that is like that is essentially what PCOS is about: is managing blood sugar. And then and then again, even if you don't have PCOS, having a stable blood sugar is still beneficial to like your your overall hormones and um, you might find that you have less pms if you reduce your sugar intake if you have a stable blood sugar um you might find that you have a longer post-ovulatory phase which when you're trying to conceive that is a really crucial um phase of your cycle because that's when implantation happens and um if you don't have enough progesterone then you're um, the egg, the fertilized egg might not have enough time to implant and send the signals to the body. Hey, I'm pregnant. Like, let's keep this going. So yeah, there is like a whole like rat's tail of, um, yeah, issues associated with that. Yeah. So I just want to say too, that there, you know, it's all of this is connected and, you know, within the functional medicine field, we look at the whole body, you know, it's all the systems together mm -hmm. and how they work together. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, PCOS or prediabetes or diabetes, or if you're struggling with your weight, you know, all of this is connected in terms of hormone balance and how your body functions on a daily basis, even with making neurotransmitters which equates to how you feel throughout the day. So it's really important for us to have 
to create a balance within our lives and within our body. And, you know, it's not about living from a, a place of deprivation. Like you said, you love to bake, but you're able to recognize how that impacts not only your cycle, but so many other things downstream. And so I would just encourage any women out there that think that, oh, you know, like I can, I don't need to worry about, you know, my blood sugar, or I don't need to worry about, um, you know, my weight if I'm trying to get pregnant. And, and it's not that I want you to worry about anything in, in any way, but it's just something to be mindful of because our fat cells actually are, um, well, how do you say they're like hormone hormogenic that's not really a word but you know, like they mimic they will mimic other hormones and so they will throw your body off mm. because it's not the actual action of the hormones that are present it's the mimicking through fat cells that confuses the body so that's just sort of another layer of of why um creating this balance is so important so that everything is signaling and firing properly. So when it is time and you want to get pregnant, you don't have to, you know, hopefully you won't have to, you know, worry so much and like do so much digging and figuring out. I think that's a big thing with mm -hmm. women in general is so we sort of tell ourselves, well, I don't want this now. So it's not such a big deal. Um, you know, I can deal with it later. I can worry about it later. But then when later comes, then it, it can become stressful. And, you know, it can be hard on the, the female, but also the relationship dynamic. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The, that's <laughs> yeah. And like, if I can just like add one more thing, um, for sure, that, yeah. um, it, you know, a lot of women are being put on the pill or other hormonal contraceptives to quote unquote fix, um, those issues. Um, like, you know, with, with their PCOS, with their painful periods, with their migraines, with anything that's cycle related or unrelated. If you're a woman and you have an issue, you're being put on the pill. Yeah. Um, and especially if it is, you know, cycle related, like the pain, um, you know, if it's endometriosis or PCOS or like anything that's where it's like an irregular cycle, when you come off the pill, like that's not fixed. Like the pill didn't actually fix anything. The pill probably made things even worse. Mm -hmm. um because you were for x amount of years whether it's two years or 10 years or 20 years that you were on this medication and it's um suppressed your body's like your body trying to tell you something's wrong you need to look here you need to pay attention and so it, it's potentially worse and then you like if you are on like on hormonal contraceptives for a long time and you are in your like mid late 30s early 40s and then you're like you expect to get pregnant right away and now it's taking you so long and that definitely does cause um a lot of stress and like um like i'm just about to turn 30 and like my clock's like ticking like oh my goodness if i want another child like i got i better hurry you know <laughs> um, so i can only imagine like you know if this was like 10 years from now um that it would be definitely like like time's running out um yeah yeah. And that stress just actually uh, is, you know, self-defeating in the process in and of itself. So I, yeah, I think it's not, um, I think it's definitely worth mentioning that, and we talked a little bit when I was on your show, that uh, birth control is hormone replacement. Um, mm -hmm. We just need to call it what it is. I mean, we kind of think of hormone replacement as something that women get put on when they're going through menopause. 
but really all birth control that is hormonal of any kind is hormone replacement. And so it has a huge effect on our body, on our brain, on our gut. Again, it's all connected. None of this is happening in a vacuum. And mm -hmm. so you know, it's just, I think there's, it's Western medicine has done such a disservice to females um, in terms of being in touch with our body, of understanding it. I mean, none of us are taught about our cycles in school. And so like, unless we dig into it ourselves, like who is teaching our young women and even, you know, full grown adult women about our cycles, like not that many people. So yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, just I just want to be like, WTF, really? <laughs> like, we're the reason that there is a world population, you know, I think, you know, this maybe should be taken with a little bit more gravity and, and um, given, you know, the, the due diligence and due time that is, is deserved. <laughs> I couldn't resonate more with this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what are some of the um, tips or uh, things that you would suggest that uh, women or even couples implement uh, that's easy that they can do right away if they're trying to get pregnant? Yes. Um, and I think I mentioned some of these things earlier too. And also thank you for bringing in the guys in this because they are not innocent. Um, it's like it's like pretty much a 50 50 shot so like 40 to 60 percent of infertility um cases are male factor mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um it just like women bear this burden <laughs> and because like we are the ones who are like vi like visibly like right like we carry the baby we give birth we breastfeed and um mm -hmm. but yeah so the the men give 50 percent of the genetic material so they are just as important um so I think it comes down to like the obvious, but um, sometimes I feel like like we need to hear it like over and over and over again. Like at least I'm that way before it like sinks in. Um, so avoiding like all the things we know aren't health foods, right? So like the cigarettes, tobacco products, um, reducing alcohol um, or like other drugs if you use them, um, and then replacing that with uh, very nutrient dense foods. Um, one of my go-tos is liver and organ meats, um, which are so nutrient dense. Um, they contain a lot of vitamin D, vitamin A, um, uh, like in the case of, um, yeah, like uh, iron. So like, you know, a lot of women are, are, are iron deficient. Um, so mm -hmm. that's a really good, like superfood. Like if we're talking about like fertility superfoods, like, and we want to like go to like all these like exotic, like berries and things like that, eat some liver, like go to your butcher, pick up some liver um, and eat it in any way you can put it in a meatloaf and like hide it um, in it if you don't like like the, like the taste of it and this that mm -hmm. goes for him and her mm -hmm. I'll, um, I'm gonna interrupt you too and just add yes. on that B vitamins super high in B vitamins and um, if you are a hunter or your partner hunts then make sure they're bringing you back the liver of their harvest that's a really actually really healthy and clean way to get liver you know like you know hunt to eat so live off the land and um anyway so yeah yeah no I, I i definitely love that you brought that up especially because like um those animals aren't like laden like they just eat the grass and like the you know the stuff that like that's on the forest floor and um they're not injected with hormones and so mm -hmm. yes like all all over like yes great i was actually 
super mad one time. Um, it's been a couple years ago, but yeah, my husband shot a deer and um, I was like, well, where's my bones? Where's the liver? Like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. What? What? Yeah. what do I yeah. have with this lean muscle meat? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, my both my husband and I are hunters and we always keep as much of the animal as we can legally, but also, you know, depending on where we are in the country for transport, but yeah, you know, you want to keep a certain amount of bones to make bone broth. Um, Osobuco, amazing and so good. And especially when it's coming from, like you said, an animal that hasn't been, you know, Americanized um, by industrial, yes, industrial food. So, uh, yes, it's really important. And um, or maybe like neither you or your partner hunt, but maybe you have friends. Um, ask them to bring you the liver because, like you said, it, a lot of people, some people like it, but a lot of people don't. And so if they don't like it, they won't keep it. But maybe if they know that they can give it to someone, um, then then they'll start keeping more of those organ meats. So my husband loves the heart. And so mm. the heart is super rich and dense and iron, um, probably more so than the liver even maybe. Um, but any, anyway, yeah. we digress. <laughs> yes, as, as we do so often. Um, but like, as far as like other, so that those were like some, some nutrient, um, tips and definitely like zinc for the guys, um, zinc is a very highly concentrated in sperm. So they need sperm, um, to, um, uh, men need zinc to produce sperm. Um, mm -hmm. so like, um, shellfish oysters, um, and, or a zinc supplement if he doesn't <laughs> uh, want to eat the shellfish. Um, but then as far as like other pieces like definitely like the cycle charting like you know getting started with just um like even if you don't know anything about it you can grab like your uh, an app or which i'm 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 saying apps i don't promote a lot of apps i, I promote one app <laughs> um or like grab a piece of paper and um just mark like the start of your um cycle paying attention to like um what you're noticing um about your cycle taking your temperature it's not that hard to um take your temperature in the morning it takes 10 minutes um so yeah those would be like my my practical um tips eat liver avoid anti-nutrients like the alcohol and and caffeine and whatnot um and start hurting your cycles yeah i would also say too in terms of the temperature thing you know if you're out if you're um exhibiting or suffering any other symptoms and you think your thyroid might be a little out of whack uh, taking your temperature every day can um, actually provide you with a lot of good data to also take to your practitioner um, if you're investigating that as well. So um, the body temp can actually give you some a lot of more information than than you would think. It's such a simple piece of data and so accessible. <laughs> but I yeah. think it's, yeah, we ignore it. <laughs> yes, thanks for bringing that up. And there, there's been like several clients who um, we've like, done some digging okay are you just like under eating or like you know is that why your metabolism is low under eating over exercising or like do you have like a thyroid um can, like even like a subclinical you know hypothyroid mm -hmm. but even full on like yes you need medication um for your thyroid so yes that's super important and um definitely like i look at that too um um with so like if if women use paper charts like um the paper charts that um like we have um cut off at 97.0 so like that's the lowest the paper chart goes um and so like when you see when i see a chart that has like just like dots 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 like underneath that that line i'm like okay that's that's clearly a sign we need to do something mm -hmm. 
yeah or like if if they're using like the charting app um then i just like on my computer i draw like a visual like this is what we want your temperatures to be above um yeah 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 i think we we give so much time and effort to probably exercise but I think sometimes we overdo it. We don't realize it, especially, you know, um, you know, a lot of it probably comes down to weight management or, mm -hmm. you know, how we want to, you know, look in those jeans or that dress, which, you know, we all want to look good and feel good. I'm not discounting that, but we, I think sometimes we can exercise ourselves to a detriment. Um, I know I've been guilty of that, not to the point of, you know, losing cycle, but, you know, to the point of not realizing that the way I was exercising was probably actually contributing to my adrenal fatigue and to mm. my hormone imbalance and all those sorts of things. So I think it's, it's important that we as women also think about like, yes, it's important to move and to have exercise in our life. But if our body is not happy with what we're doing, how do we need to tweak it? Maybe, you know, maybe instead of doing HIIT training, we start doing some hiking or, you know, instead of, like you said, like running six miles a day, maybe we back off the mileage or, you know, switch it up. Maybe we throw in some yoga because, you know, like yoga, just because it's not running doesn't mean, you know, like it's not, can, it's, it can be really hard. And, <laughs> um, and, but, it, you know, again, like it can be like uh, really strengthening to the pelvic floor. And, you know, that's a whole area of the body that doesn't get enough attention, especially, um, you know, if you're wanting to get pregnant, you need a strong pelvic floor um, to have a healthy pregnancy and birth and like post-birth post period. Postpartum recovery. Yeah. Postpartum <laughs> yes. is that's super, super important and definitely not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just because there's a surgery out there to fix something doesn't mean it's the best way. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so I'm going to tie this back into charting your cycles for the millionth yeah. time. Um, when, when you do, like, like when you have like a, a baseline chart, like this is what your chart normally looks like. Um, and then like, if you, if you haven't been like super active and then you start like an exercise routine, you will inevitably see changes. Um, like if you don't do it quote unquote, right. Um, the other thing, if you, um, if you have this, like this, this baseline chart and you do back off the mileage or you do switch out like two days of running for two days of yoga and things like that, um, like you will see like an improvement and it's, um, like I notice it with my, like if you know something or see it like in a client like that, knowing something is one thing, seeing, seeing it in another person is like another thing. Um, and then like noticing it about yourself is like, whoa, I thought this only happened to XYZ people, you know, um, because probably six or nine months ago, I did like, um, like start up uh, like an extra, like a weight and like, you know, I, I don't know if it was like hit, but just at home, you know, with like my own weights and things like that. But it was, it was kicking my booty. And I went from, and I'm still like postpartum at that point, I think I was still breastfeeding too. Um, and I went from having like an already not ideal cycle. I think I had like a um, 10 day or so luteal phase. And then for like three months after, I, like when I started this exercise routine, it was very immediate. Um, I went to like six, seven, eight days of a luteal, like a post-ovulatory um, phase. And then I backed off the exercise because I'm like, I can't be having this. Like, that's that's nuts. And I went back to 
um, just walking as mm -hmm. my movement and lo and behold my my cycles bounce back to like the like a nine ten um which again is is less than ideal um but again like i'm still sleep deprived my kids don't sleep through the night you know blah blah um so yeah like just seeing that um change and again like it happened like the first the first month so it it does it can happen quite um rapidly like those um changes like improvements or um the other way yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting worse. um so is there a typical um like recovery phase postpartum of when your cycle sort of re-equilibrates itself or is that different for everyone i'm sure it's different for everyone but is there a typical there there is like like a, like a general um guideline so there are like um two phases to um like charting your cycles postpartum the first um the first like at time is from the day you give birth until your first ovulation so like your listeners may know that you can um that you ovulate before getting your period and so you don't have to have like a, a period to be like oh yeah now i need to pay attention i can get pregnant again you can get pregnant um like postpartum like without having a period in between um and that this first phase can vary um and it largely depends on um if if you are and how much you are breastfeeding and um how like okay well many factors i guess like your nutrient re repletion status um mm -hmm. and like how w well you're rested if you do sleep through the night because that you know like not sleeping through the night it like like throws your hormones off totally mm -hmm. um and then if you're um caring for a crying infant at night that needs to breastfeed every hour um that can also like prolong um that so um, if you're if you're not breastfeeding, then your cycles can come back very early, and I'm talking like three weeks to like three months. Or, I, I mean, it's like really really early if you're not mm -hmm. breastfeeding. Um, and if you um, are breastfeeding, it can be like up to a year. But when we cross like the year and a half mark, and you still haven't gotten your ovulation or period um, back, then that's where we're looking at. Okay, like um, postpartum hypothyroid um issues are super common um you just like created an entire human being and breastfed for x amount of months um you, mm -hmm. like where are your nutrients like coming like how are you repleting you um and getting rest and you know me time and um, we don't have to get into that <laughs> um, yeah. and then in the in the second second phase once you do have that first period um postpartum your cycles resume like get back to your normal um fairly quickly um so you like after this like for instance like i had a, a 10 month and a seven month like first postpartum period and then my cycles went from like 35 days 32 days 30 days like into like a you know normal range mm -hmm. quickly. okay but you were going to say something no i was just going to say yeah, i think that it, this like leads even more to how important sleep is and you know how important sleep is to our hormone balance and so again if you're trying to get pregnant sleep i feel like should be one of those foundational things that you start making a priority and then like mm -hmm. you said you know like where are your nutrients coming from whether you're pre or you know carrying a baby growing a little tiny human inside of you or your post um you know where's your food coming from where are those nutrients and because remember especially too if you're breastfeeding you're making food for now you know the tiny human that you grew inside of you for nine months now you're still feeding with 
something that's coming from your body. So <laughs> it's important that we make our, keep ourselves a priority even through the journey of motherhood. And I know that that can be very challenging, but um, I think hopefully we're starting to see a little bit of a cultural shift. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely worth mentioning still that, you know, we can't raise healthy kids if we ourselves are not healthy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like the nutrition piece, like it is essentially the same for preparing for pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, like during pregnancy and post-pregnancy and um, post-pregnancy might even be more um because like like you said you're you're feeding that human like you need extra calories and extra nutrients but then fat, also for good fat and, and good like good fat like not the like olive oil is great too but saturated fat <laughs> yeah yeah coconut oil ghee the good the good stuff <laughs> yeah um but like for for many women being postpartum means being pre-pregnancy because you know many families you know like many women want to have like more children and um so mm -hmm. when you add that on um if you're having three kids in a matter of three years <laughs> you can only imagine how depleted your nutrient stores are um and so just like yeah being really really intentional um of incorporating the bone broth and the liver and the organ meats um to, yeah just and and make your kids eat them too because kids love them <laughs> yeah um, yeah my two-year-old yeah. and five-year-old, they ask for liver pate regularly. Oh, I bless them. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, that's what I, like, that was, like, their first food, like, literally. It was, like, egg yolk and liver pate. <laughs> nice. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I know. So, yeah, and just before we, you know, tie everything up and finish up here, I do want to, like, reiterate, and this is also just as important for all the men out there. If there's any men still listening to this episode at this point, thank you for bearing with us through this episode that was very female-focused. But, yes, yeah, so, you know, like you said earlier, up to 40 to 60% of fertility challenges come from the male side of the partnership. And, you know, that is a result of the westernization of our world, unfortunately. And so it's really important to do regular detoxes, get that toxic burden out of your body, have regular sweats, eat clean, but eat very nutrient dense. Make sure that you're getting, again, the good fats, the bone broth, the zinc, the minerals, iodine, vitamin D, magnesium, all of those things, because that's going to help the the two people that are going to make the baby <laughs> to be in the best possible place and to bring, you know, the best possible components together to make, you know, a happy and healthy child, hopefully. So, yes. yeah. Oh, thank you so much for like summarizing that. And summing <laughs> that up. So um, what's what's next? Um, what how would you like to leave us today? <laughs> um yeah so really like the, um getting pregnant naturally is possible for for you um it's on, like yeah just get, getting pregnant naturally is possible um it does sometimes it does take a little bit of work um but but yeah it's it is just there there's nothing more beautiful to me than supporting a couple through their fertility journey and then having like the after after miscarriages or you know like IVF failed IVF treatments and things like that um like to have like I said that positive pregnancy test but then mm -hmm. having that baby in your arms so yeah so where can people find you 
Thanks. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Amy Jovita Murray. My website is amyjovitamurray.com. And um, on there, I have a couple of um, freebies that you can download. One is to get started charting. And the other one is um, for conceiving naturally. And um, yeah, so I also have a free 30 minute fertility breakthrough session. If you have like a topic that is like you like you want to know about, like, what can I do? Or I have this one thing that I have an issue with. Um, I'm happy to chat with you as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all your expertise and your time today. We really appreciate it. And definitely, I encourage any of you out there, if you're struggling to get pregnant, um, definitely reach out because there are solutions and there is definitely hope. So um, don't suffer in silence and, you know, don't allow yourself to be discouraged um, along the way. So um, again, thank you, Amy, and we will catch everyone on the next episode. Thank you so much, Lara, for this opportunity.